Welcome to the Creative Nectar Podcast. Your hosts are Jenny Hahn and Stephanie Gray, and together we share conversations and practices around art making as a path to self-discovery, recovering wholeness, and living an authentic life. So settle in, make yourself comfortable, and enjoy the nourishing taste of Creative Nectar. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Creative Nectar podcast. I am your co-host, Jenny Hahn. And I'm Stephanie Gray. Hello, Steph. Hey, it's good <laughs> yeah. to be back and good to good to be here. I'm glad to be in this space today. Yes, yes, me as well. And I'm really excited for our topic today on working with the inner critic. I know this is something that, whew, this is a big one. This is a big one for both of us, I know, and probably for many of you listening, I would guess. And we're going to, yeah, we're just going to tease this out and kind of talk about today, uh, talk about what is the inner critic, what it's not, and how the inner critic often shows up when we are doing our creative work. So, and then we're going to offer some tools and tips for working with the inner critic and yeah, to even work creatively with that voice. So are we ready to dive in? <laughs> I am totally ready. In fact, my, my inner critic is up right now. So I, I think oh. it is the perfect time to be doing this. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk then. So the way I think of the inner critic is the negative inner commentary that just won't shut up. <laughs> the inner commentary that um, is not supportive, but that rather wants to stop us in our tracks. Um, the inner critic is a concept that is discussed a lot in psychology. Um, it's, it's referring to that inner voice that judges that criticizes or that demeans a person, whether or not the self-criticism is objectively justified. And I think that's one of the key parts, whether or not it's justified, whether or not it's realistic. So I'm guessing um, some of you might be familiar with the quality and tone of this inner voice. It can sound like I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not creative enough, just like fill in the blank, right? Or it can sound like you this, you know, you're, you're stupid, you're not creative, blah, blah, blah. Can anyone relate to this? Does anybody have that? <laughs> My hands that up voice, yeah. just to let you know. <laughs> My hands up too. <laughs> so, and I want to talk about because, you know, when we, we who, who create, um, who make creative work, I want to talk about the difference briefly between the judging mind that brings discernment to our projects versus the inner critic. Because in creativity, there certainly is a place for judging and discerning and decision making, you know. Um, if we're creating something for an end result, for an assignment or for a commission or, 
not just creating for process, it can be useful to have these tools, right? The mind that can make decisions, that can think critically and look at something. And um, so that can be that can be beneficial depending on our intent uh, for whatever in, end result <laughs> if we are working toward a product or a finished piece. However, the inner critic is a little different because, again, whether or not it's objectively justified, the inner critic is not here to just offer feedback and decisions and finding what works and what wants to shift and uh, you know, using that discernment, the inner critic is the harsh voice of judgment that can get us blocked completely or even can keep us from starting what we want to to create. So I, I think there's a difference here. And do you do you feel that too, Steph? Yeah, I for me, my inner critic um goes in a loop. Like it just continually like spirals down and like drills down into, into the real depths of me. So like, for example, this morning, um, getting ready for this, I could hear myself thinking, oh, I, you know, Jenny knows more about the inner critic right now, or she knows more <laughs> about how to convey it than I do. Um, maybe, maybe this isn't, you know, like I'm, I'm going to suck at it or whatever. And then there's a part of me that's like, no, that's not true. But this inner critic is there. Honestly, my inner critic is almost always there to protect me, um, to keep me safe, to keep me safe from criticism from the outside world, to keep me, you know, small and confined and comfortable. Um, but yeah, I do find that if it's 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 a harsher voice than a discernment of oh okay it's time to stop now um, this feels really good and balanced or whatever if I'm creating something for product, um, but honestly when I'm creating for for process I I can sometimes hear the inner critic even more because everything mm. is just there's there's nothing else to do but create and you know and I have all of that permission and all of the structure is gone yeah then the critic really comes in mm. <laughs> and that can be a great way to explore the critic which we'll talk about in a moment but yeah I love how you mentioned that stuff about kind of the rumination that happens with that harsh critical voice and 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 you spoke to how it touches to kind of our most insecure core like i don't know wound or like our inner shame you know like it yep. really digs at whatever our deepest insecurities are and um you also spoke to how it is here ultimately to keep you safe or keep you kind of keep you from taking risks is how i'm going to interpret that does that yeah hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, the inner critic, like that, that often is like a kind of a leftover from our upbringing, right? From childhood. I mean, and I think that, yeah, it is kind of like, I think of it as a survival mechanism gone awry, like something that got us to where we are and maybe isn't serving anymore. Yeah. Like, okay, it it did, it really served its purpose when we were pre-verbal or, you know, 
toddlers or whatever, possibly. But yeah, nine times out of 10, when I get curious about my, my inner critic, it's this really small child. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, you mentioned as far as child, like for creativity to really flourish, I feel like um, that play is a really big part of it. And being able to explore, being able to make mistakes, being able to mess up and and basically to to stretch beyond our comfort zone. And that can sometimes go opposite of what our inner critic is saying, right? Oh, my God. I can remember in my early days of process art and being, you know, I'd start something and then immediately my inner critic would come in and it's like, oh, that looks like crap or that's too messy or that's ugly. And, you know, Sarah would come along and say, well, how can you make it messier or how can you make it uglier? You know, like mm. how can you just like lean into it and you have permission to do that? And for a long time, <laughs> it took a while to get messy, you know, and to to allow that little child, I guess, to come out and play. I don't know. It, it, it was, it was pretty amazing to, to give, to be given permission to get messy or to get ugly or to get, you know, whatever was going on, whatever the critic was saying, like lean into that. Mm. Yes. I love that. It's like not taking it seriously. Yeah, I think that's a really skillful way of working with it of like, whatever it's telling you, can you push even further? And it's kind of like, like thumb in your nose, at it, you know, like, all right. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a great tool for it. So I, yeah, I mean, we're kind of, kind of moving in that direction. But I want to, let's talk about like, exploring the, so we have these voices, right? And they're telling us really mean things and trying to keep us safe in a really messed up sort of way, (laughs) in a really limiting sort of way. But let's explore the, yeah, like, how do we work with the, the, the voice of the inner critic? And how do we explore, like, who is this voice? Like, it, it sounds like for me, I'll just say it sounds like it's myself. It sounds like my own thoughts, um, judging what I do, especially when I'm creating, judging what I'm seeing, judging myself, sometimes keeping me from even starting or from finishing something. But when we really get curious about it, it's like, wait, are those really my thoughts, though? And it's really interesting when we can begin to explore it because, as we mentioned earlier, this can be a holdover from early in life, you know, is that voice actually the voice of a parent or a teacher or someone from our past? Is it, you know, what does that voice look like? Like, what does the inner critic look like? There's so many interesting um, ways to play with this and explore who is the inner critic. And uh, and part of this exploring the voice of the inner critic and who it, who it really is, is a form of mindfulness, really, of starting to look at our thoughts, bringing awareness to our thoughts without automatically identifying with them. 
So when we can get the thoughts in front of us rather than them driving us from behind, it's like, oh, I see you. I see you. I know who you are. So, yeah, I know, Steph, you and I have both kind of worked with this before (laughs) and probably have stories to share. (laughs) Well, I definitely can can say just to speak to what you just talked about is getting curious about that voice. And yes, mine, my, my voice is my own as well. However, after a while, I got used to getting even curiouser, curious, getting even more <laughs> curious. And I realized that the words that were being said had the flavor, like that was the clue. Like there was this one particular critic that kept coming in, still my voice, but I realized it after a while as my brother, because it was the same way that he mm. would speak to me. And mm. even though it was my voice and I was taking it on as my own for a while, then I, once I had some separation around it, I was able to go, oh, like you just said, I see you. I know who mm. you are. Um, and yes, parents, you can do that. You know, the more you, you, you dive into it and get a little space around it, the more you can discern, okay, I, I know you and let's get curious. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I know that we've, um, you know, taken it a step further with like process art of, what does this inner critic look like? Like if it took form, you know, does it, is it a, is it a monster? Is it a clown? Is it a, a, an authority figure? Like what does it look like? And that can be really fun to explore, right? I can, I'm, I won't go into detail, but I can remember a workshop and you were there, Jenny, it was at Nectar <laughs> and uh-huh. I was able to really like dial it in and get really clear. And then the, the image was wearing like this top hat and everything. Like it was just, it was like, it was, it was the male, just like the male, right. Just a male figure like, or, but it was crazy because it was, it had such a hold on me. It was really, really pounding in about how unworthy I was and how I didn't deserve things. And the more I got curious about it, the more I was able to allow like an image to come through. And when it finally came through, it was so funny. I can remember <laughs> laughing so hard. And then you, I, you came over and I was, I felt comfortable enough to share it with you. You were laughing hard. Like it just, there's something magical that happens when you can sort of like get that out onto a page and then Mm. just go, okay, it's not holding power over me anymore. In fact, I'm laughing and it just completely transmutes everything. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) I do. I do remember that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you're right. It's like, it takes the wind out of its sails when we can start to laugh at it and, and like get playful with it. I love that. Yeah, I, it was also at the old creative nectar space when I, well, there's been so many times I've painted my inner critic. Sometimes it's shown up in a similar way as like this male authority figure, sometimes with like a really tight tie and suit on, like really kind of, uh. <laughs> but, but one time when you were working with me there, 
And I was really judging what I was painting. And you suggested I explore that. And, and yeah, my critic showed up as this really kind of, um, let's see, this really persnickety older woman that like has this really deep smoker voice. And, and she was like, she was like, oh, this looks awful. And, <laughs> and I ended up giving her a name, Blanche. And she's, Blanche is one of my, um, she's in part of that, uh, that committee in my head that likes to tear me down. And now it's like when I recognize her, um, where she's like, oh, why are you, why are you even trying, you know, like, give it up, girl. And, <laughs> and it's like, oh, hey, Blanche, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, I, that is so beautiful because I, I do the same thing. And to be able to have that conversation with the critic and instead of just trying to push her away or him or whatever it's like saying hey i see you i hear you how you doing but you know what i'm just gonna have you just hang out over here because i'm i'm fine and i and i'm still gonna do this and it's a way to like transmute it rather than just try to push Mm. it like make it so it doesn't exist because i feel like all of us have this inner critic I mean, maybe there's people out there who don't have it. I don't know. I'm speaking for myself and other people I've worked with and people that I've lived with, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. Yeah. And if you, listener, do not have any sort of inner critic, we would love to hear from you. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tell us your secrets. What's your trick? <laughs> yeah, so so I love this because it, what we're basically saying is whether or not you have an inner critic, even if it's there, it's not a showstopper. And we can still create, we can still, it does not have to stop us from doing those things that we wish to do. And it's not, they don't, it doesn't have as much power over us as we might be giving it. Right. And so often we can become blocked because we do start to buy into what, what it's telling us when there's like a whole bounty full of ways to explore it and then become creative with it. And then all of a sudden, you know, that the, the dam just bursts. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if you find yourself where you are procrastinating on something you really want to do, or you have a desire to express, but you don't feel like you're able to begin or unsure how to proceed, um, take a look. There might be some of those inner voices there that, are trying to, you know, keep you safe, keep you from starting, keep you from messing up. And this is a great, yeah, it's a great opportunity to really look and see um, and begin to explore. So we're talking about exploring. Do you, should we talk about like just a few tools in order to do that? Or um, do you feel complete with that part? Do you want to share any stories or anything before we go forward or... Yeah, let's let's talk about some tools for yeah, I mean we've kind of already have started that, but let's let's talk about like how to really get in and work with this and some ways to kind of counter we talked about um, you know, laughing <laughs> laughing at it, but do you have some something you want to share stuff as far as practices uh for working with the inner critic? Well, some of the 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 things that I've done um, and that we've done in the studio too is not only to paint our inner critic and to get clear about it, but whether or not this goes before or after you've painted 
Um, let's say you don't paint at all. Let's say you just want to journal, you know, so journaling in a conversation with your critic. And if you're, mm-hmm. if you're even at the point where you don't even know who this voice is, you could just say, you know, who are you? And what can I, you know, what can I do for you? What would you like? What are you, what have I not seen that you need to be, or what have you, what have I not heard that needs to be said? Anything like that, just to begin journaling with that voice and having a dialogue, I think can be really helpful. Um, That can also happen after you've created maybe a caricature of, of that critic. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. like you said, you, you are able to do it. Um, the more you practice, the more you're able to do, to do that, um, just in your head pretty quickly. Uh, another thing that I, um, that we do and that we've done in workshops and, and at the studio and alone is ask ourselves questions. So it sort of drills down into that critic. Like if I didn't have to get it right, what would I do? And to get curious Mm. about that, you know, if I could, if I, if it could be as messy as it wanted to be, what would happen? You know, like getting curious about that, you know, what's up for you. And then if, if none of that feels right and you're more of a movement person, like I like to dance it out or whatever, you could certainly do that too and get curious, like just sit with it. And where does that critic live in your body? You could probably feel into that, that energetic presence. Maybe it's in your heart space. Maybe it's in your belly maybe it's in the front of your head, wherever, and then to just move with it. How does it want to move? Um, and again, you could scribble it out too, but but dance it out. Maybe get a piece of music, write a, write a, a song to it, write a poem to your critic, you know, <laughs> just to get really creative about how you go about it. You don't have to, you don't have to do a visual art situation thing in order to get curious about your critic. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. It can take any, any um, medium, any art form, really. Yeah. And I love that somatic, um, like, expression of it. Like, where is it in the body? How does it, like, what's the energy of it? What position does it take with its body? Or how does it want to move? Like, yeah. And just to move it out, to shake, literally shake it out of your body. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yes. When I was a little kid, when I was in a kind of a crabby mood and my mom used to um, say there was a little monster in me and she would squeeze it out of my body and she'd start <laughs> squeezing my legs and squeezing it out. And, and, and ultimately I'd start to laugh and then she'd squeeze it and it would, it, it would pop out of my feet and it would run across the room and run away. <laughs> oh my God, I love that story. <laughs> and it inevitably would shift the energy, so... Anyway. And how creative is that? Right? <laughs> right. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so those are great tools. Yeah. For working with the critic. And I'll just add that, um, you know, if we think about, so we can explore the inner critic, but then also like, what's the opposite of the inner critic? Like, what is it that we can work to cultivate in ourselves or in our psyche um, to support ourselves? when we're creating. And, you know, I, I think of like the concept of self-compassion, like rather than self tearing down, like building ourselves up, not in an egotistical way, but just in a, like in a compassionate way, like 
I, I see that I'm, I'm suffering or that you're, however, whatever language you want to use, I or you, I see that you're suffering or that you're struggling. I see that you're scared to begin. You know, I'm here for you. You've got this. Whatever it sounds like, you know, some people call it the inner coach or the inner, inner cheerleader, whatever you want to call it. But like beginning to counter the negative voices with like some positive encouragement. And again, not like blowing it out of proportion, but just like being a good friend to ourselves. Like how would we speak to a friend? How would we encourage a friend who is struggling with their creative work? Like how would we encourage them? And can we begin to bring that to ourselves? Mm, That's beautiful. Absolutely. Ah, well, this has been a rich conversation. I hope that you have found it helpful, dear listeners. And um, as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts and how have you been working with your inner critical voices? And do you have anything else that you want to share? Uh, Be sure to hit us up and let us know. Absolutely. We want to hear the stories. And um, yeah, creativenectarstudio.com. And We can't wait to hear from you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we wish you well in all of your creative endeavors. And uh, until next time, be well, my friends. Thank you for listening. This has been a Creative Nectar Studio production.